This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Can I be that person really quick and just be really freaked out that it's the end of August? <laughs> like, I just have to do I know. It. I have to I do know. it. It is like freaking me out. It's freaking me out. Like, it just went by so, so fast. And I don't know if it's just because I'm not really working right now or has it been going fast for you too? It didn't go fast for me, but I think okay. that's because we just had like a lot going on this month. Like we were in Wisconsin, yeah, right. Miles started school. Yeah. So Miles started kindergarten last Thursday and that's been so fun and he did really well and it's been going great so far. Yeah, but um, I just feel like the, the month just flew by and Scott was like, well, yeah. it's just because you're not working. I'm like, but I feel like sometimes it does happen. Where you're sometimes like, it flies by. Where, but the, where is the time going? So here we are. I will say August did not fly. I mean, August felt like a normal paced month for me. It did not fly by, but it didn't like crawl either. Well, the question of the day is how did Miles do with back to school shopping? Did you get cool school school supplies? And was he just as excited? Okay. So he definitely was excited and we ended up, so I went to Target and I waited too long and all the cool stuff was like taken already, which I was doing fine with the thought of Miles starting kindergarten until I went to Target and saw all these families in the aisles, like with their high schoolers, and was like, "Oh my god, oh, it's gonna I'm be gonna have like a high days, schooler in like yeah. two days. It's gonna be us. It's gonna be the high schooler." And like, I saw a mom who was there shopping with her daughter, like so clearly shopping for a dorm. And I was like, <laughs> like, no, I'm never gonna be fine with. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't. So I do not consent. Parents out there. Yeah. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of you, Nikki, in Arizona. Yes. I know you're listening. Who just took your boy to? I want to say U of A. Did you do U of A? Issue. Text me. You know. You know what I'm talking. I'm about. I'm pretty sure I saw the U of A bumper yeah, sticker okay, on your Instagram a. story. So U of A. Uh, that's just so hard to just like drop your kid off and go. Yeah, like when they come back. And so anyway, the moral of the story is they were, I waited too long to get the cool stuff at Target and I didn't know. I didn't know. And so we ended up buying most of the stuff on Amazon, which was like kind of fine, but also obviously they have a greater selection for things like backpacks and pencil cases, but then it's really hard to buy like one pack of crayons on Amazon. You have to buy like a case of crayons, which I did. And then just gave the rest to his teacher, which was totally fine. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yes. So, but he has this like cool galaxy backpack, which I've seen all these kids with the galaxy backpack. I'm like, man, miles is on trend. He has this cute pencil case that is like a little, it looks like a little monster. Like, you know, you like open up its mouth. The mouth is the lid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has these dino light up shoes that are called, they're for Skechers and it's called Skechosaurus. And like the light up part is on the top of the shoe, not just on the heel. So it's a very big deal. What else did he have? Oh, and he has a shark camo lunchbox. This is this cool lunchbox where you, the whole thing is a freezer pack. And so you put the whole lunchbox in the oh, freezer. Genius. 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 What will they think of next? And then he has like this cool like black and green splatter paint water bottle. So he was like set to go. And uh, the first day was really cute. You know, he did fine. And I actually, I was pretty teary about it the day before. And I was like, man, I'm going to cry. Like, I didn't think I was going to cry, but I am going to cry. But we went and it was just so packed. Like, the area where they have kindergarten drop-off is sort of on the side of the school. It's in this little sort of alcove, this like outdoor alcove. 
And so every kindergartner had like 10 family members with them, including us. I mean, it was me, Brandon, Maxine, Evie, you know, a lot of the kids had their grandparents with them. Like, I get it. No judgment. You got to roll deep on the first day of kindergarten. Yeah. You really need your support system. You do. But so because of that, it was so packed, you know, granted we're outside, whatever. And so when the bell rang, it was just so chaotic that I don't, we didn't really ever have that moment of like, okay, bon voyage. It was just sort of like, is this happening? Like, oh, are you going? Are you going? Yeah. Oh, You're going. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. okay bye. bye. Yeah. Right, is that okay? Bye. Yeah, and so I much, it's, it's like moving too fast for you to like really. Right. Re- so I didn't have emotional. that, that like moment of separation, which totally. I think really helped. And then, you know, then it was done and the bandaid was off and we were, and it was, and we were on the, you know, now we're, now we're on the train. So I will say though, on the first day of school, we started a new tradition where you get to eat ice cream sundaes for dinner. And so we went after school and bought all the ice cream sundae ingredients. We got ice cream sandwiches to cut up into pieces to put on top of the ice cream. We have M&M's, brilliant. sprinkles. Did you come up with that? Or is I that did. A thing? I did. Great. Uh, M&M's, Anyone sprinkles, Oreos. Yeah. Let's just pretend that Claire came no, up with it. No, I... You may have come up with it, but I also came up with it. <laughs> What's that thing like where, you know, two people discovered evolution at the same time, but then Darwin got all the credit and stealing, you know, stealing? <laughs> plagiarism, plagiarism. There's a word for it. It's like something discovery anyway. And I took a philosophy of science class once and there was like a whole unit on this, like the concept that people, you know, discovered the same concept at different, at the same similar times. Got anyway. it. Yes. Irregardless. Irregardless. Okay. Irregardless. Ice cream Sunday is Thursday night. Friday night after school, they had this like back to school luau that the PTO put on and they had a Kona ice truck, like a Hawaiian ice truck, right? So we're leaving this like back to school luau thing. And Miles is like, ice cream Sundays in the first day of school, Kona ice in the second day of school. What are they going to do for the third day of school? And I was like, oh. This started off with a little I hate to bit tell you too this. much excitement. <laughs> yeah. But you don't get like a special dessert for every day of school. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you should. And then this weekend, Miles is... So Miles started karate. He started taekwondo like a month ago. It's very cute. It's like this, you know, mostly kids, but very, you know, your parents can do it, I guess, too. Mostly kid-focused karate studio, taekwondo studio that's like near the coffee shop we like to go to. And in the shopping center, you know, the Longmont Shopping Center, whatever. It's like very just kind of like strip mall karate, right? He's been doing it for like a month. He loves it. It's so cute. They have this fundraiser every year where they do like a board break. And so you can sponsor a board similar to the way that if you do like a walkathon, you like sponsor a lap or a mile or whatever. And so your friends can sponsor the boards and then they raise money and they give it to the Children's Hospital Mental Health Department. So they bring all these kids together and it's basically just like this giant gymnasium full of kids like karate chopping boards and it's so cute and like the boards were small but it was so cute and he broke his little board with his heel strike or what not heel strike his palm strike yeah and he was so psyched about it and it was so cute so that was saturday and then sunday just was like down regulating mania and it was just sort of like oh wow how's he doing with all the activity and like all these changes and yeah so I mean, Miles has been, had been in full-time daycare since he was like six months old, but he hasn't been in a full-time school since COVID because last year we just did this like very part-time preschool, which frankly was like more transitions than it was even worth. So, and it was like three days a week, three hours a day, not, you know, barely anything. So it'll be interesting to see like at the end of this week, how he does, because this used to be his norm, but it's been quite a while since he's like been in this rhythm. And, you know, I think it is a big transition when you start a new school, even if you're used to the rhythm and the cadence and it definitely, you know, he gets home from school and he like has a meltdown about something completely insignificant. It's like, okay, 
You got to just get this out. And in Colorado, they are mandating masks for all students and all teachers, which I really appreciate that the state went ahead and did that because that means that like the individual schools and the individual school yep. districts and don't have to defend themselves. After the schools. Right. Exactly. And the parents so much easier, so much yeah. easier. And I mean, frankly, like it's needed, you know, like I know a lot of families, I've already heard a lot of people who are like, yeah, my kid was exposed on the first day. They're already in a quarantine. You know, you didn't even get through the first week. I don't know. Which is so devastating. It, make, it hurts my heart. Yes. I mean, we've been trying so hard to get back to some semblance of normal. And then. And especially for kids. I mean, kids yeah, are the ones who are suffering are the really most. really suffering with all of this. Yeah. And it's it's not the same to do virtual. You know, like you need to like. And honestly, kids don't care about wearing masks. They just don't. To them, it's a way bigger deal to not be able to see their right. friends, to so not like be able, you know. Adults are really just the ones getting And the only see. reason, the only times that kids care are when the adults make a big deal out of it and their parents make a big deal out of it. And so they see their parents making a big deal out of it. And they're like, oh, this must be a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Because that's how kids work. That's how kids work. They and like, I remember seeing, yeah. I remember seeing something where it was like, you know, toddlers know, or children know that masks are unnatural. Like they don't want to wear them. I'm like, my toddler doesn't want to wear pants either. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I don't Absolutely. make her wear them. Absolutely not. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, if Evie had her way, she would just be walking around butt naked everywhere. <laughs> but I don't argument. let her do that either. That's a great argument. Toddlers don't like math. They're like, they know it's unnatural. Like, well, you want to know what else they think is unnatural? Not pooping in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and clothes. <laughs> Wearing any amount of clothing. Do we let them just do that because it's their natural <laughs> tendency? Absolutely That's not. So stupid. I'm sorry, but I'm like, that argument really? That argument is, I know. So many people are like, well, kids know they're natural. They don't want to wear them. I'm like, kids don't want to do a lot of things. (laughs) They really don't. They want to shove Cheetos. They want to eat ice cream sandwiches and watch, you know, whatever. Watch PBS Kids. (sighs) That's good. Which is also fantastic. I am not knocking ice cream sandwiches nor PBS Kids. No. In fact, those are two of the top parenting strategies in my house. Like, Evie might have had an Oreo for breakfast. Great. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So that's the news from the Cook household lately. Well, congratulations to all the kids going back to school in person or otherwise, wherever you are in the world. If you're dropping off your kid at college, if your kid's starting school, if your kid's going back to in-person school, like most everybody, whatever transition you're dealing with. And uh, shout out to all the parents who really had a heck of a 2020 and 2021. (laughs) Hats off to you. Hats off to you. Okay. Well, I just got back from Arizona. I can do a little bit of a recap of my trip. It was really hot and it was very humid, which is really funny because, you know, most of you know, I grew up in Arizona, have lived there my entire life, moved moved to Denver when I started grad school. So I go back to Arizona because I still have a lot of family there and wanted to see some family and some childhood friends. And um, it's so funny, because every time we go there, I'm like, good. I'm used to like the oven heat where you walk off the plane, and you feel like you're walking into an oven. But it was really humid this time. So that was very odd, because it's kind of like monsoon season where there's a lot of thunderstorms. I decided to go for a run one of the mornings. And uh, I usually get up pretty early anyway, but I was like, I'm going to go run on the canal, which is if you don't, if you're not from Arizona, there's just like huge canal systems that run through the state everywhere in any neighborhood, there's a canal. So people kind of like run or walk on the canals. It's kind of like, you know, where you get your exercises, you just go on the canal, walking along, just kind of seeing all these people running or walking or biking, someone had an elliptigo. And I'm like, this is you know, people are so used to this. This used to be me. I used to get up and just be like, 
riding my bike in the heat, like so hot. And within five minutes, I'm just dripping sweat. And I'm not used to this. Obviously, in Colorado, the climate here is not that hot to where like you can work out outside, not in the middle of the day, but like in the morning, it was not even eight o'clock. And I'm just like pouring sweat. That was really like humbling because I'm like, oh, my lungs feel great, but I am just dying. I can't even go for like five minutes without just like pouring sweat. But, you know, I th- I thought about like when I was in high school, in order to get like some exercise, my brother and I would go running at like midnight when it was a balmy 85 degrees. But it was- honestly, that's the thing about Colorado that I will never take for granted is that it could be 100 during the day, but it's going to be 60 at night. Right. Yes. And I really, yes, I really appreciate that about Colorado, especially in living in the city in the summertime, because you get a little bit of a break. It's not, you know, all the time, especially in the like June, July, we don't always get that break. But when I was in Arizona, I was like, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. Or just like the little things where you get in a car and it is so hot. You just like, I had to turn the car off for like a second when I was just getting something and you just start pouring sweat. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember when I was in college, I would have to park at the really far away parking lot because it was the cheapest. And the walk from class, because I took a summer school class, I took a couple summer school classes, and the walk from class for my car to class, I would just be drenched. So I would have to like plan my outfits to decide like, okay, what am I going to wear that's not going to show like all of the sweat on my body. But it was a really fun trip. I got to see, you know, a bunch of family. I went with my mom. So my mom and I traveled together. It was just really good for the soul. It was like one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I haven't, I realize I haven't seen a lot of my family and close friends from home in over two years just because of the pandemic and how meaningful that was. And just like, you know, when you're in a space where you're just like not even thinking about anything going on in your life, like, I'm not thinking, I wasn't thinking about any work stuff. I wasn't thinking about what am I going to do for a job? I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about any of that. It was just really nice to not have that on my mind. And of course, just being in Arizona is just really good for my soul and has great shopping. And you saw Tina who lives in New York City. Yeah, so she, her and her husband met me for a hike to Camelback because I was going to do Camelback anyway. But I posted, I think I, yeah, I posted a couple days before I went to Arizona that I was going to be there. And she messaged me and she's like, oh my gosh, we're going to be there too. And so we just decided to meet up for Camelback in the morning. And that was great and wonderful and beautiful. And I felt my lungs felt so good. Like I just felt like I could probably climb that mountain. I could probably climb it three times in a row because my lungs felt that good. But like sweat wise, it was just, it was insane. If anyone goes to the Scottsdale Phoenix area, you have to hike Camelback. It is so fun. But don't go on a Saturday, Sunday morning if you can help it because it's so crowded and the parking lot is always full. I feel like that is one thing about living in the Denver area is like anytime you go to a lower elevation, you're like, I am a super, I'm an Ironman. Now I understand why people come here to train. It totally makes a difference. It's crazy. And I was I feel watching like my told heart this- rate and I was like, really? I feel really good. This like, I shouldn't feel this good climbing right. this part of a mountain. Cause I had just done Manitou a couple weeks right. before. And I was like, Manitou, my heart was really pumping. And Camelback is not as intense as Manitou, but it's intense. Like it's a really short, intense hike that we did in just under 45 minutes. But if you're hauling... I mean, I've, I've heard it compared to like Sanitas. Would you say that that's similar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's similar. But it's just like very, very steep. It's only uh, like a mile and a quarter long. And so you're up pretty quickly if you're hauling. But yeah, like there's, po- there's parts of the hike where you... There's a bar 
like bolted into the ground so you can pull yourself up because it's so steep. But there was, it's just, <laughs> I didn't want to tell this story, but I, because I like don't want to make, I'm not making fun of the person, but there's always one person hiking in jeans, which I really, really applaud and appreciate. There's always one hurt person hiking in jeans. So chafy. And this is Arizona. And then there's always one couple that's fighting about something. And it's, and we were coming down the mountain and we hear this yelling and I was like, oh geez, someone's upset. There's all inevitably, inevitably, there's one family member that's like, we're in Yes, there's hike. like one person who's a little too hot. They didn't eat enough breakfast. They're a little and dehydrated. They're not in shape. Like, and I yes. mean that in the sense of like, they're just not in They're like this, having a, they're not having a good time. They shouldn't, they're not having a good time and they're not in, in like, like steep hiking shape. Like you really should probably have some level of fitness to do this hike and just be realistic about that because it's not easy. And mm -hmm. so I could see this happening where and I totally did this to one of my friends one year. So I totally relate where she was like, she probably just shouldn't have done it because she just wasn't like in camelback shape. And so um, yeah, we're coming down the mountain, we hear this girl just screaming. And we all just kind of stop. And I looked at Tina and I was like, did you hear that? Yeah, we look around and she basically was just having like a meltdown on the side of the mountain because it was right after the part where you literally have to hold on to a bar to climb yourself up to the top to like the next, you know, flat. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she saw that. And she got to the top. She got so scared that she was like, I'm not going any further. And so like we passed them because she was like, I felt really bad because she was crying and her bro boyfriend or partner was like trying to console her. And um, then we kind of just like walked by really quickly, but then we saw them like kind of running down the mountain. And so they just left, they turned around and went home. And I was like, probably a good choice because the rest of that hike was not any easier. Honestly, that used to happen when we lived in Moab, you know, delicate arch, right? Like the Moab, like Vista yeah, is a pretty steep hike. And it's, I mean, it's not crazy steep, but it's mostly on rock, like on red, you know, on sandstone rock and yeah. it's no shade really at all. And there's a parking lot for it. And then there's like a short sidewalk that leads to the actual trail. And people think it's just the sidewalk. And so they get to the end of the sidewalk and they're like, where is it? And it's like, no, no, you still have to hike for like 20 plus minutes from here up this. Like, and people, you know, who go to national parks maybe are not always they're They're a little more used to just being able to drive up into the parking lot, see the site and get back in their car and drive to the next site. And so they're not really equipped for a very exposed, hot hike that's pretty steep. And you would literally just pass people that were just laying Oh no. Uh, you know, and there's not even a trail because you're just on the rock. So like there's a path where you can clearly see like, you know, people like the the scuffs of people's shoes that have accumulated over the years and you follow this little path. But it's like people are just laying on the rock, just like, you know, waiting to die. Just waiting. And you're just, you know, and, and you see these people who get to the end of the sidewalk that comes out of the parking lot and they're like, well, where is it? And you're like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I made, I make the mistake every single time and I'm just going to never say anything ever again on this hike because I just want to encourage people, <laughs> but there's like two false summits on this hike. And every single time I do this to my friends that I, that I take with me, I'm like, we're almost there. <laughs> and they're like, and then they get to the false summit and I'm like, Oh wait, 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 there's like one more. <laughs> I would push you off the mountain in that scenario. I do it every time because I always forget. Because And I know that hike so well. I've done it so many times. I used to do it like almost every day when I was in college. And I've done it 
plenty of times after that. I've done it so many times and every single time I just get all excited and I'm like, okay, once we get to this summit, then there's like a little turn and then we're at the top and then we get to that one. I'm like, oh wait, there's one more false. <laughs> I would li- I would just turn around. I'd be like, I don't need to go to the top. <laughs> this is the Tina. top. I did it to Tina and I was like, oh wait, I, I, I like, I like just too early. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we're almost there. <laughs> I would be so mad. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. And like, I don't want anybody to take this, the conversation to mean like, you know, if you shouldn't never try hard things, but like, be prepared. But Somebody be prepared. recently. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And hikes are no joke. Know like, what you're getting yourself into is, because yes, yes, like this is something where it's like a hundred degree heat. If you don't get to the bottom of that mountain by 8am, you're in trouble. It gets really hot. The mountain, the hike faces west. So if you're climbing up early enough, you're going to be climbing it all in shade. So, you know, there's like that, take that into consideration, but like you bringing enough water and making sure your shoes are grippy and blah, blah, blah. But like getting to the top and like having a snack if you need to, but it's really intense. And it's just not to say like anyone could go and try it, be prepared because, you know, you don't want to mess with the wilderness. (laughs) Don't want to mess with the wilderness. The wilderness will always win. (laughs) It will. I feel like I said this recently, but somebody um, asked me a question on Instagram, like, what would you, what advice would you get for somebody's first 14er? And honestly, if you're going on a hike that's more than a half day out and back, or even if it is a half day, like if you're going on a hike that's more than maybe a couple miles round trip, you should have equipment with you to spend the night out. And maybe Camelback is not this, not one of a hike like that. But, you know, I just think that people take day hikes for granted and they're like, oh, we're going to hike, you know, three, four miles, have lunch, turn around, come back. Well, if you're three or four miles in and you twist your ankle and you can't get back out, you know, it could potentially take the rest of the night for somebody to, you know, you have to call search and rescue. They have to assemble their whole team. They have to come out. They have to find you. They have to carry you out. It could be hours if, you know, maybe a storm's going to come in, they can't get to you. And I always tell people that and they always are like kind of look at me like I'm overreacting. And it's like, no, I mean, you don't have to have a tent with you. You don't have to have a stove with you. You know, you don't have to be like preparing to be in the lap of luxury for the entire night, but you need to be able to not die of hypothermia. You know, you need to have an extra layer and enough water and and an emergency snack so that if you had to, you could without significantly deteriorating. Right, right. No, that's a good point. I remember when I was in grad school, I went to see my best friend in Montana. And we went on a hike with a couple other friends. And we left really late. And her dad was like, you know, there's a lot of storms coming in because it was the summertime afternoon thunderstorms in Montana. And she's like, yeah, 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 we'll be fine. I mean, she grew up there. So she knows. And so I was like, oh, we'll be fine. And Lo and behold, afternoon thunderstorm, really bad lightning storm hits, and we are in the middle of an open field, and I am freaking out. And then it starts to hail and just pelt, pelting, pelting hail. So we just start running as fast as we can, like huddling up against a rock. And they're like, we're huddling up like from rock to rock trying to play leapfrog. I mean, it was just like one of those things where like, yeah, this was so stupid. But we weren't prepared and we didn't listen. <laughs> we were young and stupid. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, I could go on like a whole tirade about, yeah, you know, you could about the like safety with your wolf. Yeah, because then, it, you know, then if somebody has to come out and get you, that puts them at risk. Like totally all of it. it yeah, it's a whole thing. 
Yeah. So anyway, be prepared. So anyway, is the moral be of the story. prepared for the elements. And don't and go with Joy because she's going to make you think you're prepared and then there's going to be another yeah, summit. Yeah, I'm going to be like, yeah, we're almost there, guys. And you'll we're be like, great, there. I have sufficient snacks and water. And, and she'll be like, just kidding. Yeah. And you'll be like, no. And I'm the annoying person that's like, you know, a little bit ahead where I'm like, come on, come on. So when you get to me, you never get That's just like, yeah, yeah. no, you, that's just your personality, <laughs> though. You like, you never walk with the group. No, I'm always up ahead. Yeah. Like Joy is doing her own thing. Yep, always. It took me a while to realize that like you weren't annoyed with me because it was like, is Joy, is Joy annoyed with me? Why isn't she walking with me? And I was like, no. oh no. She I'm always ahead. Yeah. Scouting. Always. You're scouting for the group. I'm scouting. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Also introverting, getting a little brain break. <laughs> 90 seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah, it counts. It's true. Okay. Two weeks ago, we mm-hmm. were going to do a little mini interview session where I was going to interview you. And, you know, you guys know a lot about us, but at the same time, we don't really talk a lot about ourselves in a more like specific way. We, you know, we talk a lot about sort of our reactions to things, our thoughts about things, but we don't talk a lot about ourselves in that sense of like the way in the, in the way that we hear from our guests. So I was thinking about this. I've been listening to more podcasts. I've been trying to listen to more podcasts lately. You guys know that I'm not a big podcast listener, but I've been trying to listen to more podcasts. And as I hear guests interviewed, I'm always like, oh, that's such a cool question. I wish someone would ask me that question. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of where a couple of weeks ago when we were like, you know, what were you like in high school where that kind of thought came from? I was like, that's such a cool question. I want to answer that question. And so it made me think we should interview each other just for, you know, a little bit. So that's what we're going to do. Some of this might be old news to you guys. Hopefully, it'll be a slightly different angle of what you already know about us. Hopefully, it'll reveal a little bit more into the depths of Joy and Claire. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. So my first question for you is to tell us why you got into behavioral health and why you are still in behavioral health. Mm. What attracted you to it and what has kept you there? So... I got into behavioral health. So my mom worked for a psychiatrist office growing up. So I was around all of these counselors and she was kind of like the the office manager, the secretary. And so I was hanging out with psychiatrists and counselors cleaning their offices. Like I would clean their offices for money. And that was like my chores slash my first job. So I always got to see their offices and I always thought it was really cool to have like your own office. I don't know why I thought that was like, ooh, they have like their own, like, you know, when you're little and you play like bank or you play store or you play whatever and you're like, you know, have a counter. Like I always loved that feeling of like being at the counter and be like, can I take your order? So I think I became intrigued by just that environment and that career path, but it wasn't like in my brain when I was six or seven years old. I was just around it all the time. And so when I got older and started to go, okay, what am I going to do for college, picking a major, I immediately was like, well, psychology, I knew I wanted to get into psychology. I don't know how I just like knew that that's what I was going to pick as a major. And as I got kind of like further and further into my college career, I decided I wanted to go to grad school and, you know, fast forward with what you want to do as far as picking what type of study you're going to do with grad school. Um, counseling psychology I knew was like broad enough. It wasn't too specific where I'd get kind of like too much into a pigeonhole where you're like, I can't do anything else with this degree, but I knew it was broad enough to where I could do a lot with, with a master's degree in counseling psychology. And so I just will never forget like kind of the 
turning point because I hung out with a lot of people that were in that boat as a lot of people are in college where you're like, I, I have a major, but I'm not really sure exactly what I want to do with it. And should I change my major? I think one of the biggest errors people do in college is they change their major a lot, which just makes them go to college for like eight years. And so I would always advise kids when I was working with teens and parents, I'd be like, don't change your major unless you're like going to med school, just get a degree and then figure it out later because you're just going to end up paying for all this school that you don't really know if you like you just needed a college degree. But I remember thinking, because I was hanging around with hanging around with a lot of people who thought they wanted to go to law school and they were kind of questioning their major. And I was like, yeah, I might go to criminal justice for a while because I really was intrigued. I mean, I always kind of joke with my friends that I was like the original crime junkie person because I was so I mean, John Douglas is the godfather of crime, like true crime. If you don't know John Douglas and you listen to true crime, then you need to get to know him because he's the OG FBI profiler. I was super, super, super into his books, like devoured every John Douglas book you could imagine. And I wanted to be in the FBI. So that was something that I, you know, I think it was my junior year, I ended up going to study abroad in France. And at the time I had applied for an FBI internship in Quantico because I was like, well, I want to go do this internship with the FBI, but they didn't take me because I was I was overseas at the, t- at the time. So like my, my application couldn't go through because I was like not in the country, um, which I was bummed about. But reg- regardless, I was really interested in that. So I questioned for a while whether or not I wanted to change my major to criminal justice. I decided not to just because I didn't want to delay any degrees. And I was like, I also went on a ride along. I went on a couple of ride alongs during that time because I was like, well, I kind of want to figure out if I want to be in law enforcement. And I didn't want after the ride alongs, I knew, but I ended up going, this is so weird. I ended up going on a date with a cop I went on a ride along with a couple times. Um, your face. But yeah, I saw during the ride along that I was like, Oh, I don't know if I could do this every day. Meaning like, I I don't think I could react to everything. I just want to be on the prevention side. So that's when I was kind of like, I want to be on try to be on the prevention side of things. So that's when I decided to go into behavioral health and really study counseling psychology and get my master's degree in counseling psychology and got my first job at the district attorney's office doing therapy with kids and teens who were involved in the justice system. So it was like this weird culmination of my interest in criminal justice and counseling all in one for my first job, which I loved. And I did that for 12 years. And then I went over to Kaiser for um, behavioral health and counseling. And I've been, I mean, I've been in that field ever since. So what keeps me there is I, I think there's an element where you kind of have to realize, do you love it? Are you good at it? Do you think, you know, I like it because I feel like I'm good at it. Not saying I'm like this brilliant counselor, but I just think I'm really good at connecting with people and hearing them and understanding what they're looking for in a counselor. And if it's not me, it's someone else. But I'm, I feel like I'm really good at reading people, at kind of applying all the years of knowledge I have of counseling and kind of what is going to help that person rather than just spin wheels talking to someone kind of wasting their money. So I stay in it because of that, because I really like when I'm really in it, I really enjoy it. And right now I'm doing better help. And I love the I love that platform. And I love the clients. They are so cool. Sometimes you can get really burnt out with therapy because the clientele is just really intense. And by that, I mean, it's not like people are exhausting. But some people some if you're seeing a lot of patients and clients who are like really mentally struggling Uh, And by that, I just mean so severely ill. And I say that in like a clinical term, not in just like a buzzword term, 
that it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do that day in and day out, day out and counselors can get really burned out. And so the clientele on BetterHelp are just like lovely people. They have like, and I'm not comparing like people, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone has their You're enjoying a different population. I'm enjoying a different population. They're so amazing to work with. They're, I mean, every time I get a new client on BetterHelp, I'm just like, oh my God, this person's amazing. And this person's amazing. And oh my gosh, this person's amazing. And I just really, it like energizes me. So that kind of keeps me going with it. I still don't know exactly what I want to do moving forward, kind of like in this job transition phase, but I'm having such a good time doing what I'm doing now that I'm just like, that's all I really need to focus on at the moment. I feel like we answered this in a like Q&A recently and you kind of answered it with talking about criminal justice. But now that you are actually in a transition, in a job transition, what other careers have you been thinking about? You know, I know that you've talked about like, is this your moment to take on a second career? Have, has any, have any like concrete thoughts really taken shape or are you still just sort of waiting to see what happens? So yes, it's it's interesting because ever since all of this happened in June, and for those of you who may not know, I left my job right at the beginning of June. So I've been kind of not free falling by any means, but I've just been figuring out my life in the past three months of the transition of what I want to do next. And what I found myself doing was just throwing myself into job applications and just being like, I got to get a job. I got to get a job. I got to get a job. And I was kind of frantic and manic about it. And what I realized was I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back. And Scott gave me this advice like day one where he was like, take a break, just like give your brain a break. You have the time, you have the savings, like you're going to be fine that you can take time to see what you really want to do. And there was a part of me that was like, remember when we were talking about you know, we talked about it with Scout, but we also talked about it a few episodes ago where like, can you do your passion and make money? And I asked, I think I mentioned this that one of my friends asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't know. And Scott's like, because you could do so many different things and be happy. So it's really kind of the wrong question to be asking. It's like, you know, what do you, you know, what would really kind of light you up? There's a million things that, that, that could. So it's not so much of like getting too laser focused on one thing, but just kind of trying everything and seeing what really feels good to you. So that's when I decided to do better help because I was like, well, that's just something that I could do from home and that there's not a lot of pressure and I I'm doing what I know. And it's really easy, not like easy it's work, but it's like, it's what I do. I've been doing it. It's flexible. It's like very, it's enjoyable. So I realized very quickly, and this is kind of like, I'm still figuring this out, but to answer the question is like, I still, I very quickly realized that it is so nice to not have a boss. Uh, that's because I think the other thing is like, I, I mean, I've just not had great experience. I've had one really good boss, one out of my 20 year career who I can say was like amazing, supportive. I, I just knew she had my back like one. And I'm like, it's just really hard to find good bosses who can also be mentors and shape your career and blah, blah, blah. And so that felt really good where I'm like, going, quote unquote, going to work, seeing these patients, and then just like, I don't have anyone barking at me, or telling me I'm doing something wrong when I'm, you know, a grown adult trying to do my best, but you have some boss who's just being a jerk to you for no reason. It's just like that felt really good. And then also just kind of having your own flexible schedule. I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. And I really enjoy working from home. So 
there's all these things I'm like, okay, I do know that I want that. So whatever that looks like, I don't know yet. Maybe it's I find a full-time job working from home. Maybe I still, I keep doing better help. Maybe I open my own online practice. I don't know, but there's a lot of like kind of ideas swirling around like in those vicinities that I know I'll figure it out. And I like, I'll know when I know, but I'm glad that I'm at least at that point where I'm not just completely like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Cause that was scary for a while. Do you feel like in this process, it has been helpful or not so helpful to feel like you have kind of any option that you want? Like, have you wished for more direction? A little bit. Like, do you operate that way? Because I I think some people are, I think everyone's different, but I, I always wonder about that because we have so many choices. We have so many choices. Really, we could do so many different things. I don't, I think my whole life has been directed or at least has had the narrative of you go to school, you go to college, you get a degree, you then you get a job and then you work a job and you have a job with this and this and this. And it's kind of like, I've been really evaluating like the shoulds of the things that I should be doing. Well, maybe I should have a job that's like a jobby job where you're working corporate and you're, you have all the benefits package and all of that stuff. You know, I think that that's something that I've been thinking like, that's really been a comfort for me because you just have that steady paycheck coming in all the time. And the idea of doing something on my own is a little scary for me because it's that question of like, could I sustain that level? Uh, You question your own ability. So my whole life, my struggle and the risk for me has been uh, I don't ever like to have things land on my my shoulders. That's why I never did sports where it was like, you have to be the one that doesn't, you know, makes a score, uh, makes a goal, makes a, like, does, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never played soccer for that reason. I never was on softball. I never played basketball. I never did volleyball. Um, I never got into sports where you, it was like relying on you to get a point. So I find myself in these scenarios where I'm like, it's too scary for the weight to fall on me. But I also like a lot of elements where those jobs are flexible, where it does fall on you. So it's been really exciting. Like when all of this kind of went down, it was very scary, but I immediately felt this sense of space and possibility open up where I was just like, oh my gosh, what do I really want to do? And then there's a, there's doubt that creeps in where it's kind of like, all right, stop, like get your head out of the clouds you got to like really get to work now and figure out your life. So there's a lot of voices that I'm trying to sort out of what's really possible. And it is exciting because I don't, I've never been in this scenario before. I don't know if I will again, where I get this opportunity to be like, you really need to figure out what you want to do now. Cause I'm not getting any younger. I'm not saying I'm old, but truly like the next chapter of my career could be, this could be a pretty significant move. Okay, I know we're getting short on time, but I want to have ask a completely different question. And I maybe I should start with this because we're going to go backward in time chronologically in your life. But talk about your family dynamic growing up, because I know you have a twin brother, obviously, and he's your only sibling. And he is, I don't even want to, I'm going to, if I get the branch of the military wrong, he's in, I don't want, yeah, yeah, he's in the Marines, right? He's a, he's a pilot for the Marines. So obviously his trajectory, I mean, talk about like a structured trajectory. So talk a little bit about your family dynamic growing up and the dynamic that you still have with your twin and how that kind of plays into your life. Yeah. Uh, Jay, my brother, Jay, my twin brother, Jay lives in Maryland. He's a, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me just say this before everyone oh, keeps yeah. asking it. Joy and I both have twin, twin brothers. brothers. Yeah. Joy's twin brother is named Jay. And my twin brother is named James. 
It's a bizarre coincidence. It's a very bizarre coincidence, and everyone else freaks out. Everyone's like, you both have so yes. that's like who didn't, didn't know. know. Yeah. We both have twin brothers. We didn't necessarily know this about each other prior to starting the podcast. This wasn't like a thing, but it's not um, a prerequisite to it wasn't start a prerequisite, and, yeah. but it is a fact. Okay, go on. Yes. Okay. Uh so my twin brother Jay and I I mean, we were always very close. We fought like cats and dogs when we were in junior high, like up until junior high, I would say. So like kids through junior high is kind of when we stopped beating the crap out of each other. I mean, we would literally beat the crap out of each other. I remember that. And then when we hit junior high, we kind of started maturing and like acting like normal humans, maybe. Um, But we were really, really close and had a lot of the same friends that we would hang out with. I would always kind of get the scoop on. I would tell him if I like liked a guy. I'm like, can you find out if he's single? And didn't <laughs> so you date like, like a lot of his friends in college? Not no. In high school, no. Not really. Like he hung with I mean, he was in a lot of sports, so he played football and did did some sports, but um I didn't hang out with like they would hang out at our house, but I didn't really date many of his friends. We just like hung out a lot and had a really good time together. But it was just a good it was a it was such a fun thing to have a twin brother, you know, going through high school with you where you'd be like, Can you find out if so and so single? Or especially with him being on the football team or whatever. But so like really good friends. Jay is not like super emotional sensitive like I am. He's super awesome and nice, but I'm the I'm like the emoter. Like for example, when he left, so sen- I'm so sentimental and like have a hard time saying goodbye to people. When he left for the Naval Academy, so he got accepted to the Naval Academy, went off to the Naval Academy when he was 19. I let him, I read, or I uh, wrote him like a 10 page letter. It was just like this very, like, I had such a hard time with him leaving. And I'm sure that has to do with not only being a twin, but just like being my only sibling where he was out of the house now. It's just three of us because I lived at home um, for college for like the first couple of years. But yeah, so he and I have a very close relationship. I'd say now just because he's on the East Coast with a family. Um, he has a really busy job. He's So he's, you know, when he graduated from the Naval Academy, he went off to test pilot school or not test pilot, but he became an F-18 pilot. And then he flew all these other different planes and has had tons of different jobs. Went on an aircraft carrier for a while, did some deployments. And now he works in uh, Maryland, California, Hollywood, Maryland, California, Maryland. I know that sounds really weird, but it is a town working with doing some test pilot stuff over there. <laughs> uh, he's a lieutenant lieutenant colonel. We're so proud of him. He's so freaking he's so freaking smart. He's like the science math smart that I just will never understand. Like super engineer brain. And he was always so good at math, like so insanely good at math that I was just like, that's when we started to kind of like drift apart uh, grade wise in high school. And it drove me crazy because I was like the more artsy brain. And then he just became the very, very math science logic brain and we kind of started drifting apart where I was just I I like felt stupid and we got really competitive that way but um yeah so he's he's we have a really good relationship now I mean obviously I wish I could see him more often because he's on the east coast and in the military and um I have two I have twin nieces and a nephew that I would love to see more often but he's he's awesome he's really funny He's a really funny guy. Like we have, he's got a really funny sense of humor. Anytime we're together, like my mom always says, the last time we went to see them in May, she's like, you guys still have your own language. It's so funny to hear you guys talk because you just still have your own language. And it's true. It's really true. And it probably annoys the crap out of everybody. But yeah. (laughs) Okay. I feel like 
that's probably all we have time for today. But we will. I feel like I want this to be sort of an ongoing. Yeah. You, an ongoing segment. Let's do. Let's do. Yeah. A, let's do a flip flop for next week. So oh, we're having Cassie on. <gasps> let's talk I'm about so that. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! We're gonna have Cassie Joy from Fed and Fit on. We love Cassie Joy so 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 much. She's coming out with a new book, um, which is gonna come out. Uh, I don't know. Find out. Listen to the this next episode. It's fallish. December. <laughs> I thought maybe TBD. TBD. Uh, but it's like another meal prep style cookbook that isn't quite as like strict as the meal prep cookbook that she came out with a couple years ago, which like we still use that cookbook. We're making dinner from it tonight. I mean, we still use that cookbook all the time. It has to be the most used cookbook in my house. The cook ones eat all week. Such a cool. I can't recommend it highly enough. Read cookbooks. And that is the one that I'm like, I'm going to use this one. And I've actually used it. Love it. And the thing I love about it is that everything in it is so reasonable. And I feel like I buy all these cookbooks and people think that in order to have a recipe in a cookbook, it has to have like a thousand steps and all these bizarre ingredients and like a sauce and like five different. And like, no, I just need to know, I need like a chicken casserole that I can make. That's not going to suck. And, but also it isn't, there's not much like cream cheese in it, you know? So it's great. I would, I can't recommend that cookbook highly enough. And I can't wait to talk to Cassie about her next cookbook because I personally am just like so excited about it. So excited. And she's great. And she's such a fun guest to talk to. Yes, she's so cute. We will have her on for next week. And then as always, you guys can reach us. This is joinclaire at gmail.com. We love to hear your feedback and get ideas for what you guys want us to talk about moving forward. Um, The fall's coming. Do you want us to address anything for the holidays, the fall, uh, any guest suggestions, and then oh uh, pretty soon joy you're gonna have to do a fall product roundup uh-huh. yep we know fall how products. much joy loves fall products and going to trader joe's to get oh my i can't trader wait for joe you you you're gonna need to make a reel for that that's gonna like bring yeah. your ring light oh that's so fun i totally will won't be annoying at all to the trader joe's employees I'll it will not be everyone, the first time i guarantee I will, you oh yeah i'll get everyone involved and then speaking of food you guys can support us by going to eat the discount code is joyclaire 15 Amazing meals. We talk about them every week. Please, please, please get on there. Get their grab and goes if you don't have time to heat it up. The barbecue chicken is amazing, as well as the sweet potato grab and go. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, all the stuff is so All good. the stuff. So eat2evolve.com. The discount code is joyclaire15. It's please so good for back to school. It would also be good for a dorm because it's all stuff. If you have a mini fridge in your dorm, if you're sending your kid off to school and you're worried that they're going to just be eating crap, it would be awesome. And and the thing I like about Eat to Evolve is it's unlike previous um, meal companies that we have been where that we have worked with. There isn't like a minimum order for your week. You know, you can just go on there and order like four things, you know, so you wouldn't, you don't have to worry about ordering 10 different entrees. When you don't have room for that, you can just go on there and order four things, send them to your kid's dorm. So, or I always like to remind everyone that it's an awesome, sending a box of food is really awesome for just about any transition to support somebody from afar. So if you know somebody who's had a baby, got a new job, just started a new school, you know, just moved, moved into a house, yeah, anything like that you know, a box of meals is always so awesome, such like an awesome way to support them. So eat to evolve.com discount code joyclaire15, which even though it says 15 actually gets you 20% off your first order, support eat to evolve, support the podcast. Thank you. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bye guys. Bye.